Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Yesterday, I came up with a New Year's resolution for all of the protesters out there. Whatever your cause is, migrants, uh, Palestinians, you know, save the whales, whatever your protest is, whether it's something I agree with or disagree with, basically what I said your resolution should be is to have more convenient protests. To not have protests that disrupt anybody. Now, I stand by that. Now, the reality of the situation is, though, There are a lot of folks that don't protest anything. A lot of folks that just go about their lives trying to earn a living, trying to raise a family, try and squeeze out a couple of hours to uh, listen to radio, watch television, read a book, maybe get some exercise. And maybe that New Year's resolution doesn't apply to you. I have come up, and I've alluded to this before, but I've come up with another New Year's resolution, which I think the whole world should adopt. And I am doing my best to live by this. I've tried to do this already, but I'm, I'm going to even make a more deliberative, fastidious effort to not hold any grudges. For people that have wronged me, for people that have done the wrong thing by me, my attitude is going to be I am living in a grudge-free Zone. I'll tell you, the first person that I really heard express the wisdom of this well was former New York City Mayor Ed Koch. It was about 12 years ago. I was interviewing him, and basically I asked him, you and Mario Cuomo never got along. You guys ran against one another four times within the span of a couple of years. You're, you, know, you, you said some horrible things about one another, especially Cuomo towards Koch. How is it that you're able to get along so well these days. And I thought his answer was so meaningful and so persuasive. And I am now trying to do this same thing in my own life. You mentioned uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, you, you had some legendary battles with his father, Mario, over the years, running against him for both mayor and governor. Uh, right. well, uh, how's well, Andrew doing? Uh, Andrew's doing superbly. What uh, Mario, and we are good friends uh, now, his father said, only in uh, New York could you have a governor, that's what he ultimately became, who wanted to be mayor, and a mayor <laughs> to me, who wanted to be governor. How were you guys able to patch up your relationship after all those years? I mean, you had some pretty heated uh, oh, yes. words in those yes. two contests. H- how did that come to be that you're such good friends now? Well, I would say the first thing uh, is that we weren't such good friends for a number of years. I think, uh, as Mario said on a number of occasions, I think... I like Ed better than he likes me, and then he went on to say, and you know, I said that once when Ed was there, and Ed said, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I, that's changed. I have a great respect and admiration for both Mario and Andrew, and the, and I will tell you how it came back. A number of I'm in my 87th year, and I said to myself a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I don't remember exactly when. I said to myself, "What's the sense in my holding grudges? It doesn't make any sense. It it, it eliminates." Energy. It takes energy that prevents you from doing other things, and there's no reason for it. So I, I decided that a whole host of cases where I thought I had been unfairly treated or injured in some way, uh, I just said, no more. We're friends. <laughs> and that's the truth, and it's the honest-to-God truth. Uh, and I only wish Andrew uh, well. I think he's done a spectacular job as uh, governor. Nobody thought he could accomplish all the things that he accomplished in his uh, first year, and he did. Well, first of all, I completely disagree with most of what he said about Andrew Cuomo being a spectacular governor, although I will say that uh, Andrew Cuomo's first year in office, which is right around the time that we did that interview, was pretty successful. He did do a lot of interesting things. But what Ed Koch said there about holding grudges I think is so wise, and to me, the only shame of it is that Ed Koch came to that realization when he was 77 years of age. And think of all the time and effort, and as he said, energy, you waste by disliking people. So I am saying my resolution for the new year, I hope you will join me in this. I am done with grudges. Anybody that has wronged me, congratulations. You've you've got one over on me, but I am not going to seek retribution or even hold any ill will towards you. I am all about being grudge-free starting in 2023 because I started this last year. So that's where I am. And I think if that makes sense to you, I hope you adopt that as well. 800-848-9222. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we somebody called in and asked about the voting age in either the state of uh, Maryland or the state of New Jersey. It is interesting. There is now a nationwide movement to allow people under the age of 18 to vote. People that are age 16 and people that are age 17 to vote in elections. And uh, initially, I had uh, very mixed feelings about this. I would say, all right, what's so special about age 16? Because what can you say about a 16-year-old and their ability to participate in civics that you can't say about a 15- or 17-year-old? Well, I'll I'll comment on that in a second. But uh, my inclination was to support this because uh, when I was 16 and when I was 17, I was very politically active. I worked on all sorts of campaigns. I was an advisor to a lot of political candidates. And I knew uh, that I knew more at 16 or 17 than a lot of my neighbors who were 19, 20, 21 that were all able to vote. So I didn't think it was right that their votes could count when mine couldn't. And I spent a lot more time in the process and a lot more time studying issues than they did. So I, I thought about this a great deal. So just to bring you up to speed on this. There are a number of municipalities that are considering this. In Rockville, Maryland, they ultimately decided they had an election to allow people to decide whether or not they wanted to allow folks to do this or not. They voted not to pretty overwhelmingly. Over 60 percent of uh, residents in that municipality voted not to do it. In Newark, New Jersey, they are looking at lowering the age for school board elections. They've already 
uh, in New Jersey approved a bill allowing some 17-year-olds to vote in primaries. Although in that case, you're only going to be able to vote if you're 18 by the time of the election. In Michigan, where we're heard on uh, the Superstation, AM 910, They're now allowing 16- and 17-year-old residents to pre-register to vote. Well, what does that mean? It means anyone who pre-registers, can um, they'll be eligible to vote once they turn 18. So And they're not the only ones. They've joined 16 other states and the District of Columbia in allowing 16-year-olds to pre-register to vote before they turn 18. They still can't vote, but that um, that is the movement that we're going. And I have been given this a lot of thought since this caller called in a, a week or two ago about it. And I think I am coming to the conclusion that it makes sense to lower the voting age to 16 or 17. Uh, I think I would go 16 because, you know, really what I've always been for is one national age of adulthood. And I didn't think it was right that you could... Um, Drink at 21, but you could vote at 18. You could serve in the military at 18, but you could, um, you know, you could gamble in a casino at 21. You could, uh, let's say, buy tobacco at 18, at least in the state where I grew up, but you couldn't um, drink until you were 21. I didn't think it was right that you're mixing and matching all these different ages of adulthood. But. If you look at what society allows 16-year-olds to do, at age 16, citizens can drive. Why shouldn't they be able to make decisions about what the speed limit is and whether there are red light cameras and traffic cameras? They can pay taxes. Why shouldn't they make decisions about the people that control their taxes? And they're, they're able to work without any restriction on hours. They're able to work as an adult. So why shouldn't they be able to make decisions about who's elected to, you know, basically make laws regarding things like minimum wage or um, work workplace safety laws? And I really do think it's a matter of fairness. If you're not able to, if you're not able to vote until you turn 18, some people don't even have a chance to vote for their local mayor until they're almost 22. So um, I, I think there's a fairness argument to be made to allowing 16- and 17-year-olds to vote. And two Maryland cities have successfully extended municipal voting rights to 16- and 17-year-olds. I also looked at what other countries are doing. And several nations, including Austria, Argentina, Brazil, Germany, and the U.K., They've extended voting rights to 16-year-olds for national, regional, or local elections. Additionally, more than 15 states already allow 17-year-olds to vote in primaries to nominate candidates for president. And really, there's two primary reasons why I think this would be beneficial. One is that I think it gets people thinking about civics and citizenship earlier. 
They'll learn about who the candidates are, ideally learn about who the issues are. If they have questions and they happen to still be in high school, maybe they'll actually ask, well, what does a balanced budget amendment mean? What does a flat tax mean? What does a national sales tax mean? What's a value-added tax mean? Uh, what's um, you know, What does it mean when they say there's a, a ban on Saturday night specials? What's a bump stock? Well, what's a carbon tax, right? I think once they're able to vote on a lot of these things, at least it gets them in a mindset where they'll be more curious to learn about what these issues are. Additionally, if you look at politicians, what do they do? They pander. They pander to the groups that are most likely to vote. And if you look at this, the groups that are most likely to vote tend to be seniors. And there's a reason that any issue that affects seniors, Social Security being the biggest example, but others as well, there is such a reluctance to make any decisions that are unpopular with seniors because the seniors are the ones that vote. Well, these 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds are going to have to learn. They're going to have to live in this country for a whole lot more time than you are. And they're... Their concerns are largely being ignored. We're seeing all sorts of problems among 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds with drug use, with substance abuse, with alcohol use. And I really do think that if politicians had to start pandering to 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds, maybe you'd start seeing some of their concerns Addressed, And I've looked at the places that have done this, and the world has not stopped spinning on its axis. I've felt this way since I was a teenager, and uh, I think 16-year-old is a good, 16 is a good starting point. Now, if you want to start including other responsibilities for 16-year-olds, I am open to having that discussion as well. Maybe military service or some other form of national service. Let me hear from you. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Research does indicate that there's a trickle-up effect on civic participation. So when 16- and 17-year-olds engage in civics, when they start engaging in conversations about politics and local issues, and they're brought to the dinner table... Parents and family members are engaged in civic life through the 16- and 17-year-olds in their household with a positive impact on voting turnout for people of all ages. You know, I'll never forget. I mean, I get along, obviously, with everybody in my family, but I'll always remember this. I was advising, when I was 17, I was advising a candidate for governor. And I was pretty well-connected in the political sphere. And every politician understood that, but I don't think my father really did. So when I was 17, 16 or 17, I was advising a candidate for governor, and I had set up a meeting for him that I attended as the, as the, uh, who, who, uh, the gubernatorial candidate and the chairman of a state political party. And we had dinner, and we had this meeting. And then, because I still didn't have a driver's license, this candidate for governor uh, drove me home, came in to meet my dad, and uh, I guess didn't make the big, best impression on my dad, and dropped me off and left. And my father says to my stepmother, he says, would you ever vote for a candidate for governor that needed a 16-year-old? I don't remember how old I was. If it was 16 or 17. I think it was 17. Would you ever vote for a candidate for governor that needed a 17-year-old to set up meetings for him? And my stepmother, you know, she agreed. She said, no, no, I wouldn't. And I just thought to myself, 
What an elitist attitude. What an ageist attitude. This gubernatorial candidate didn't need me to set up meetings for him because I was 17. He needed me to set up meetings for him because I was the best connected person that knew all the parties for this nomination that he was pursuing. And I thought then and there, that is such an ageist mindset. And that ageist mindset has repeatedly screwed over the next generation of young people. And I think giving 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds the opportunity to vote on their own future could be very beneficial. So you have a detailed study of voters' ages and habits and in Denmark. And they found that 18-year-olds were far more likely to cast their first vote than 19-year-olds. And that every month of extra age in those years resulted in a decline in first vote turnout. Allowing 16- and 17-year-olds to vote in local elections, it enables them to vote before leaving home and high school and establish a lifelong habit of voting. There's evidence from Austria That confirms that extending voting rights to people after they turn 16 promotes higher turnout for first-time voters. And over time, it promotes higher voter turnout for everybody. Austria's experience also shows that 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds, they're ready to contribute sound decision-making and quality participation in democracy. I think it makes sense. I really do. I'm curious what you think. 800-848-9222. There's a group called the uh, National Youth Rights Association that has been going on about this for a while. Um, You know, some of the points they make I agree with. Some I don't agree with. But uh, I'm curious if you would consider this. 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Charlie in Hell's Kitchen. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. I completely disagree with you about this for a number of reasons. First of all, the people pushing this are the Democrats. And the reason why they're doing that is because if you extended voting rights, particularly in the presidential election and other types of national elections to 16 and 17 year olds, they're far more likely to vote Democratic. Well, so let's let's just try, say we're talking for municipal elections then, Charlie. Because when, and whenever there's a presidential discussion, it always gets hypercharged of is it going to help Biden or, or going to help Trump? And, and my experience in talking to young people is they can't stand Biden or Trump. They think they're both dinosaurs. But so let's just talk about it for municipal elections. Okay. Well, then let's talk about for municipal elections. Another reason why I would be vehemently opposed. Is there's been extensive polling data. I listen to Israeli talk radio on the weekends. And what happens is that it, among American youth, uh, they're being brainwashed in school systems. There's a very anti Israeli attitude, a very anti uh, Semitic attitude. They're supporting the Palestinians, even supporting Hamas. At this right, but point. Charlie, so let's and say I you're right about that. Anyone who supports Hamas, right. anyone who supports a terrorist, I don't want them anywhere. Right, near but, but Charlie, let's say you're right about that, and I and I won't dispute your your research. Um, but let's say you're right about that. Wouldn't that just take effect that uh, pro Hamas bias as soon as these voters turn 18? Yes, you're right about that, and that concerns me. You, you make an excellent point there. I have to concede your point. And that concerns me as well. I, I just think that Israel's side of the story isn't getting out. What act, uh, happened on October 7th was terrible. 
And while people are decrying civilian casualties in Gaza, don't forget during World War II, uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we weren't concerned about civilian casualties in Japan. We just thought about what happened to us on December 7th, and I think we were right. And when we firebombed Dresden in Germany, we weren't concerned. Well, and, and we I mean, and there's a lot of other instances throughout the history of warfare, even pre-civilization warfare, where that makes the same point that you're making. I mean, you could go all the way back. You can go back, you know, long before that. Go back to the Civil War. I mean, you know, get the sense that there was a lot of concern for civilian casualties when they were uh, when they were uh, going through uh, going through the South. Sean is in Connecticut. What do you think about this, Sean? Hey, I'm 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 sorry. I I'm, I'm talking about the voting thing and yeah, the Hamas thing is terrible. Obviously, yeah. Well, so, I, I don't think uh, you know. I'm not looking to defend Hamas here, Sean. I'm not sure how we went into going into a Hamas discussion. I feel bad following up on that conversation. All right. Well, do you you want me to you want me to give you a minute to collect your thoughts and go to someone else? Or no, you, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. No, I I totally agree with you. Um, I think the voting age should be lowered. Um, as a Eagle Scout, Boy Scout, my sons are Eagle Scouts. Uh, the first question you're asked at your Eagle Scout Court of Honor is, did you register to vote? Are you going to register? Are you going to vote? It's civic responsibility. We have a responsibility and we need, I totally agree with you. At 16 years old, you should be told that that's a responsibility. It's an obligation in our democracy. Well, I, I mean, so, Sean, I completely agree, obviously, for all the reasons that I've stated. But what if you have people who say, uh, just to play devil's advocate, that as a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old, you have not been exposed to enough intellectually yet. You don't have enough real-world experience with doing things like running a household or running a business or um, balancing well, a check. Well, I, well, I, well I, yeah, but I, I'm talking about I'm talking about people that are responsible. I'm, you know, I well, mean, and, and that's what I, 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 yeah. I mean. The Boy Scouts teach you that. I mean, you have to. You have to. I mean, one of the requirements is you have to take an economics class. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to run a household. You have to know your family bills. I mean, that's just civic responsibility. What? You, you you said it yourself civic responsibility. Right. Well, agreed, Sean. Thank you. You know, the thing that uh, Sean raises, which I didn't get into, is, you know, I know people picture young people, and I don't think this is an accurate depiction, but people picture young people, 16 years old, 17 years old, and younger, as just strung out hipsters, getting high all the time, uh, locked into their mobile devices, not wanting to do anything. And my view is those people wouldn't want to vote anyway, right? So I think this is an opportunity to allow people, younger people that are engaged civically to participate in their government. And for the people that are just uninformed, uneducated, and apathetic and just don't care, they're not going to vote at 16. They're not going to vote at 17. I got a news for you. They're not going to vote at 18, 19, or 20 either. They don't care. So I don't think that allowing uh, people that want to vote at 16 and 17 to do so, it's going to lead to all these, whatever, stereotypical teenage stoners running to the voting booth. 800-848-9222. Silas on Staten Island. Hello, Silas. How are you doing? 
Yeah, I disagree with the um, younger people being able to vote now because um, some of the dumbest uh, things I've ever done was when I was 14 and 15 after 16. I only got smart to the um, Democrat Party, you know, around 17, 18. I realized what, you know, I looked back through history and saw what they've done, you know, to this country and to black people. But I also understand that we didn't have the Internet and TikTok marshalling young kids into their belief. We didn't have that back in the uh 60s and 70s, right into the 80s. So that's why the Democrat Party wants to make it younger. And if you're 16, like I was, 17, 18, like you were, and you were getting yourself educated into it and you were ready to vote, then good. Continue educating yourself. And by 18, you'll be an informed voter. And what you said about not holding grudges, I totally agree with. I don't hold grudges, and I don't badmouth. Um, you know, um, I, 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 when I talk, when I when I try to debate somebody, I don't go at them. Well, that's very nice. The, I appreciate that. Hey, Silas, I also understand uh, from um, you know from a listener of ours that you obviously people could tell you have a very nice boy voice. That you and your yeah. band used to uh, play for the Vietnam vets at the welcome home barbecue for them, going all the way back to the 1980s. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, White Lightning. We always played for them. Very and, nice. Uh, well, that's I, nice. Fact, I appreciate I, your service I to the veterans. With, uh, I spoke with them um, at the rallies with Curtis. You were there at one of them when we were down at the beach. That, I bought the, the PA system yeah. for, uh, for Curtis and uh, Scott. Very nice. Well, and, hey, and, uh, Silas, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let me take a quick break. Those of you that are holding, I'll get to you. 800-848-9222. Should... 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds be able to vote. I honestly think that there's not a tremendous amount of knowledge about civics that an 18-year-old has that a 17-year-old doesn't. But on the other hand, you know, maybe people think that the lack of maturity, as you heard Silas reference there, is a real thing. And the lack of maturity would be manifested in the types of people that choose to run for office. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is a uh, birthday bumper music selection for my Uncle Joe, who is celebrating his 80th birthday today. Happy birthday, Uncle Joe, who's uh, a regular listener to this show and, uh, you know, someone I've always been very close to. I used to work for him in his uh, shoe repair shop. And he was one of the primary influences, along with my Uncle Carmine, of why I am so fond of this medium of talk radio. Because, you know, my Uncle Carmine was a little left of center. My Uncle Joe was uh, right of center. And so they would all listen. They would both listen to different shows. They would listen to some of the same shows. But largely, they would listen to different shows. And so I would love to, I would gravitate towards them at all these family functions and listen to them debate one another because they were both very knowledgeable, you know, in their own way. And uh, they uh, they really would get a lot of what they were saying from talk radio. So I really owe both of them, my Uncle Carmine, who's no longer with us, and uh, my Uncle Joe, who is uh, celebrating his birthday today, a great deal in terms of my career path. Either that or a great deal of blame. In any event... Speaking of Carmine's, uh, today was uh, Carmine's first day of preschool. So normally I would never, ever be up at uh, at nine o'clock on a uh, or a little bit before nine o'clock on a weekday, but that I had work because that's basically for a normal person being awake at three a.m. But I got up so that I could take him along with my wife to uh, to preschool. And we got there, and I was very pleasantly surprised. He was not bothered at all by this, right? So we get in there, and he says, hello, everybody, good morning, to the teacher and to the, I guess, the staffer of the preschool. And uh, he says, I think he even said maybe Happy New Year. And uh, we asked him, all right, they told him he had to take his uh, jacket off. Starts taking his jacket off. They told him he had to take his shoes off. He starts saying, all right, take shoes and socks off. And um, they said, no, you don't have to take your socks off. And they're so impressed with his vocabulary. How is it that he's only two? And then he sees inside the uh, the classroom that he is, you know, going to be at. And 
he sees that there's, it looks like an indoor playground, which he really likes and which we've taken to many times. And he sees that there's a slide. He runs into this indoor classroom and runs up to the slide, starts climbing up to the slide and starts making his way down there. Now, just as he's doing that, uh, he was the first boy in because we got him in there a few minutes early. But just as he's doing that, we, you know, we have another boy that comes in behind him. He's the second boy to come in. Oh, good morning, Andrew. And um, he starts climbing up the same slide that Carmine's climbing up. But he's not waiting until Carmine has gone down the slide. So he is just basically climbing over Carmine, who's on the slide. Now, not sure why there wasn't an adult in the room at this point to stop this collision of two-year-olds. But eventually an adult got in there. Andrew, you got to wait your turn. You got to wait your turn. So he ran right into play. And then that's when when this other boy started to um, put try to push past him to go on the slide himself before Carmine went. Then uh, he started to cry. That's when he started to cry. And then we turned to the teacher and we, we said, should we just, should we, or somebody, the director, said, should we just go? And she said, yes, absolutely. Like a Band-Aid, quick, right off head out of here he's going to be fine and so they sent us uh, all these photos of him playing playing with dinosaurs doing an arts and crafts project and he's smiling i just posted one of the photos on my instagram page you could take a look at morano vision but uh, he did well uh, the teacher said he was very good and uh, when my wife picked him up in the afternoon around one she said she could tell that he had uh, cried a little But um, it was towards what his usual nap time is. Now his usual nap time, or at least prior to yesterday, was 12.30. And basically we we had him at school until 1. So he was tired and cranky. So uh, the teacher said he participated and had fun. And she sent us a lot of fun pictures of him smiling and doing arts and crafts and things like that. So I think it certainly could have gone much worse. And I kept asking him throughout the rest of the day, "How uh, how did school go? How did you like it? What did you do? And the two things he mentioned were, um, well, he did mention that he ate the chips that my wife gave him as part of his snack, these veggie chips. But the only other things that he mentioned other than that were um, cried. He said he cried. And then he said he bumped his head, which uh, I don't know. I didn't see any visible bumps, but I guess he fell down and hit his head. But he seemed to be okay and didn't seem to be dreading going back today. So, so that's good. Uh, we're excited, and hopefully this next chapter of his scholastic advancement continues to advance. All right, 800-848-9222. I was talking a little earlier about the movement in m- many different states around the country and many different municipalities around the country to allow people under the age of 18 to vote. I think, on the whole... I've wavered on this. I think on the whole, it's a good thing. I do. There was a time when they were debating whether or not 18, 19, 20-year-olds should vote. These same things that you're saying now about 16 and 17-year-olds, they were saying about 18 and 19-year-olds. Ultimately, it was the fact that 18-year-olds could be drafted and serve in the military that allowed them to win the public engagement. But 100 years ago, People were saying some of these same things about women when women were seeking the right to vote. If you look at the history of the United States of America, 
the bulk of our history, the majority of our history, did not allow women to vote. Now, you look back at that now and you think, how silly. People didn't think women were uh, civically engaged enough or knowledgeable enough to vote. I think 100 years from now, you're going to see the same uh, attitude about 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds. Same thing with black people. Black people, for a lot of our republic's history, could not vote. Now, I don't think anybody would really think about keeping the right to vote away from adult women or adult black people. 800 848 9222. 9222. Dave is on Long Island. Hi, Dave. Uh, good morning, Frank. Uh, first thing, I, I agree that 16 uh, year olds should be allowed to vote, but I think we should draw the line at preschoolers. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll go along with you on this one. Okay. The second point is uh, uh, one of your previous that he thought 16-year-olds would trend to be more democratic. That was the first thing. But then he said that they would be more likely to be supporting of Palestine. That's, those are contradictions because the Democrats are very much in favor of Israel. Well, I think those were uh, different callers. I think one no, was no, saying... same call. Okay, all right. Well, I stand corrected. Okay. Yeah, look, I don't think... Look, of all the reasons to allow 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds to vote or to not vote, I think the one thing we should not be doing is considering who they would vote for. Either they should be able to vote on the merits or they're not. I mean, I don't think anybody says, well, Social Security recipients and retirees, they tend to vote for this party, so let's exclude them. No, I mean, I think that's such a silly argument. They vote Democrat, so let's not allow them to vote. I mean, I think that's idiotic, honestly. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Steve is in Connecticut. What do you think, Steve? Uh, hi, Frank. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to this. I can tell you that I could not vote until I was 19 because it started in 1971. Right. And I was, and and I could also tell you that I have some experience actually working with the government doing that. And I could tell you that. Well, what, honestly, Steve, working, that, when you say working with the government, working with the government do, doing what exactly? Registrar voters. Okay, got it. Okay. And, and, we de- and we dealt with always having, now to me it would not seem fair if I had to wait till I was 19 to vote, and then all of a sudden now you can be 16, that is, is a little tough because I wanted to vote probably when I was 18 or 17. Sure. And also a lot of it had to do with the, the war in Vietnam because so many people didn't get out or get out of Vietnam and get back here and be able to uh, vote after even serving in the service. So it was... To me, I think it's important that we stick with what we have, and I, I think to be 18 is not unreasonable, and especially since there's millions of us that didn't get to vote until 1972. Well, but, but also, I guess, Steve, the same thing could be said of people that had to wait until 21 to vote. They would say, well, why should someone that's 18 or 19 get to vote when I had to wait until 21? Yeah, well, it, it, it took a while until we got it, and right. I had to wait until I was 19. And, 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 you know, and uh, thanks for the call, Steve. I also just think, and I I don't want to spend the whole hour on this. I'll move on to other things. But I also think it's just a matter of fairness and just uh, taxation without representation. You're going to allow somebody to vote on your tax rates and your payroll tax rates, and you don't get to even decide 
who it is? I mean, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. You're going to allow um, people to vote on, uh, you know, what's going on and all these different aspects of your life. You're eligible to work without any restrictions. You're eligible to pay taxes. And you don't get to pick? I just, it doesn't seem right. 800-848-9222. David is in the Bronx. Hi, David. Yes, good morning, Frank. I tend to agree with you, and I want to push back on a couple of comments that were made. Um, the implication being that these younger voters would vote Democratic. If these people, and I believe Charlie in Queens was one of them, is so concerned about young people voting Democratic, perhaps Republicans, and that's who we're talking about, should come up with policies that are more friendly to people that are in the younger demographic. I mean, as you recall, Vivek Ramaswamy was talking about increasing the voting age to, I believe, 25. And, you know, these arguments I find to be non-compelling. I mean, someone said that if you're um, uh, 16, you don't have to pay rent or uh, run a household. How many 18-year-olds are doing that? Exactly, exactly. You know, and I can speak from experience dealing with my 16-year-old nephew and my 18-year-old niece. At 16, my niece was was very knowledgeable and engaged. My nephew was the same way. They should be able to exercise the the same privilege as anyone else who is thoughtful and considerate. And if if you're threatened by that, then I think you need to look at at that your party, not your party, you you personally, but if as – because I'm – get the feeling that these people who called in are probably Republican, it, they should really think about their party's positions and, and, and change them so that they can get the support of young people. You can't control who your voters are. You, you know, know uh, that's what they're trying to do. And I think that's not right. You know, again, I, I, just to I agree with much of what you said. I don't think a consideration should be who these folks should uh, should vote for. I mean, I mean, either they're they're mature enough to vote or they're not. Right. We don't make any value judgment about who people should vote for on any other thing. So I I'm with you on that. But uh, in addition to what you're saying, Dave, and thanks for the call. A 2023 survey found that 12th grade boys are nearly twice as likely to identify as conservative as opposed to liberal. So, I mean, I I, I think this notion that 17-year-olds are always going to vote Democrat, I think it's a fallacy. In fact, in my experience, if you look at how seniors vote... A lot of seniors tend to vote Democrat. So, but again, I'm not talking about taking away the right of a senior to vote at all. Um, younger women, they do tend to identify as liberal. But a, there's a bit of a gender gap among youth. I think part of that might have to do with um, abortion. But I, I think part of that would be reflected in 18-year-olds when they go to vote as well. 800-848-9222, Neil on Staten Island. Hello. Hey, Frank. Uh, it's a good thing you went into broadcasting because I don't think you can make a living fixing shoes anymore. Well, that's probably true. That's probably true. Although there are so few places that still do it that, um, you know, maybe I could have something of a, a monopoly. Maybe, maybe, Frank. You know, the reason that we don't let minors vote is because we don't pick people that are mature and not mature and decide what the laws are based on their maturity level. Uh, you know, because they can't enter into a binding contract as a minor. Uh, and as, as for the military, I can always remember the video of Hitler walking by the youth that they had a draft into a uh, fight and pinching the cheeks of these little young kids. 
I mean, there's a reason that children don't do things, and I don't know the differentiating between 16 and 17. If you want to make 16 and 17-year-olds uh, adults and give them adult privileges, do it all the way. Let them enter with the contracts and go into the military. Right, and serve on a jury. And serve on a jury. That's right, serve right. on a jury. But I don't, I don't think they're mature enough. I mean, they're going into college, Frank, and taking remedial courses on reading and, and, and arithmetic and writing. I mean, right, but the, the, the people doing that are 18 and have the right to vote. So I, I don't think, like, you know, we don't apply a maturity test to voters. I think there are plenty of 18-year-olds that you would find, and I would agree with you, are completely out to lunch. And if we're picking the people that should be voting in elections, then that you'd want making a zoning policy or uh, making laws about property tax rates. A lot of these 18-year-olds probably wouldn't be among them. But I, I don't think they're that much more mature than the, their 17-year-old counterparts. Well, it has to be a, it has to be a cutoff between being a minor and an adult. Right, right. I uh, I hear that. Right. I, I that that is an argument that I'm sympathetic to. Now, if we're gonna have, thanks to the call, Neil. If we're gonna have one national age of adulthood, all right, I can dig it. But if we're gonna pick and choose, all right, until you're 26, you can stay on your parents' health care. Until you're 21, you can drink. If you're 18, you can vote and serve on a jury. If you're 18, you can own a gun. If you're 18, you could serve in the military. You know, it's just, I, I don't think it makes sense. I, don't, I really don't. 800-848-9222. But what Neil is saying, I like that. That makes sense to me, is have uh, one national age of adulthood. But we don't. We don't have that. We pick, and we, we pick this for that, that for this. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Simon, uh, call me Al. This is a birthday bumper music selection from uh, our friend Vincent Gentili, former member of the city council. Now he's um, he's uh, a leader with uh, Oath in New York City. Great guy, and um, it's his birthday today. And this was one of his selections. Um, well, it took one day. One day it took. Yesterday I was on this program and I said that. 
now that the Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse is in the public domain, you can now have a horror movie of Mickey Mouse. And here we are. It took all of one day. Steamboat Willie is already the focus of two horror movies yesterday, just hours after the uh, short In 1928, entered the public domain. A trailer for Mickey's Mousetrap dropped on the YouTube, and another yet-to-be-titled film was announced on Tuesday. I think you're going to see a lot more of this, a lot more of this for Tigger as well. Speaking of, uh, by the way, if you care to see the trailer for (laughs) Mickey's Mousetrap, which does look... Pretty, uh, it looks pretty cheesy, honestly, but I- I'd be curious to watch it at least for a few minutes. I just posted the trailer on my Facebook page. You can take a look at it. But speaking of horror, are we really going to deal with another postage stamp increase? We just raised the price of the postage stamp. Now, hey, hey Tony, you have any idea how much postage stamp costs? Standard postage stamp, not uh, not priority mail or a postcard. Standard well, I, regular stamp. I, I usually get stamps from the bodega where I live in in Brooklyn, and the man charges me a dollar. A dollar? Why are you paying a dollar? A dollar per stamp? Yeah, just for for one stamp. I don't want I don't want to go to the um to the post office because the line. I feel like I'm at Great Adventure. That's how long the line is. <laughs> Tony. So I just go to the bodega, get we, it right quick, man. We should. You know, two things here. One. We should have a conversation off air about how to just purchase stuff from USPS.com. But before that, I have a whole bunch of stamps that I will sell you for 99 cents happily. And you could save the cents from uh, the, the bodega. I appreciate right, that. So you're welcome. Uh, Matt, do you have any idea how much a postage stamp costs? Frank, I haven't mailed a letter in at least 20 years. See, you're part of the problem. You, no the, idea. You, you are part of the problem. Well, also the bodega owner that's not paying taxes and ripping off Tony here. Um, so a postage stamp costs 66 cents. They're raising it on January 21st to 68 cents. So I'll tell you what I'm doing. No, I'm not joking here. On January 20th, I am taking, because we're seeing this happen now every year. They're raising it a lot. Every forever stamp that you buy, you can stockpile them and use forever. Forever. And you can beat inflation that way. So what I'm doing, because the price of the postage stamp is rising faster than the level of inflation. And the level of inflation is bad enough. On January 20th, I am going on a shopping spree on USPS.com. And I am using the totality of whatever is in my bank account to buy postage stamps. I am hoping to get years worth of postage stamps because so I can beat this rise to 68 cents. They're coming out with um you know Lunar New Year stamps. They have all sorts of interesting stamps now. There's a George Bush stamp, there's a Ruth Bader Ginsburg stamp, a John Lewis stamp, there's a, a Nancy Reagan stamp. There's all sorts of great stamps that are available depending on your interest. There's a skateboard stamp. You know, they have a, a, st- a stamp for Constance Baker Motley, a friend of mine. She sentenced him when she was a federal judge to 25 years in prison. So I might get that for him as a little, <laughs> as a little joke. But um, 
I'm so done with these post stamp, postage stamp increases. I think part of the problem is, one, the post office is terribly mismanaged. The other problem is people like Matt Blaze. They're not sending letters. So join me. Stock up on some stamps now before they raise the price in 18 days. Until next hour, help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.